Hey listeners, Dana Shea here. And before we get into today's show, I just want to share with you a new podcast I've been listening to, The Wholesome Mama Show. The show is hosted by Elise, who is a Christian motherhood coach who specializes in helping mothers of young children to take back control of their time and home and create systems so they actually have time to spend with their family. She has honest conversations about how to partner with God in a modern world to raise your children. I think you'll love her podcast, and I know you'll love her accent, too. So be sure to check it out at WholesomeMama.com. That's Wholesome. M-U-M-M-A dot com or everywhere podcasts are played. Now, are you ready to get in today's show? Me too. Let's do it. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Friends, it's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Y'all, I am so geeked about today's episode. You have no idea. I love, love, love the Enneagram. If you know me personally, I've probably at least had five or six conversations with you about the Enneagram and its effect in my life, its helpfulness in understanding relationships and how we are wired, and I absolutely love it. I was actually introduced to the Enneagram, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, listening to a Jen Hatmaker podcast. I had never heard of the Enneagram before. I have done different personality tests like Myers-Briggs, DISC, Strength Finders, and all of those. But I love the Enneagram. Like I know I've said that so many times. But the Enneagram is a personality test, but it is also, for me, an understanding of how we are hardwired, how God created us, multifaceted. I think the thing that I love about the Enneagram the most is it feels like it's more holistic. So it isn't just about like how you show up in the workplace or how you emote, but it really is more, in my opinion, a comprehensive view of your entire self. If you have ever taken an Enneagram test, you probably are like, how does it know so much about me? I remember the first personality test that I took for the Enneagram. I took the free version, right? Because I was like, I don't know about this. I'm not going to pay for it. But I took the free version and it was so enlightening. I could not believe how well, quote unquote, how well it knew me, right? And then I went on to pay for a test and then I didn't like my number. I was like, no, I don't think I'm a one because that's where I originally scored. I was a one. And I do have a lot of one tendencies. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, we're going to get into it in this episode today. But I am actually an Enneagram three. And maybe that's a surprise for you. For those of you guys who know the Enneagram, maybe you're like, oh, no, girl, I knew you were a three from the moment that you started talking. So, y'all, I am so excited to introduce to you such a lovely, fun, bubbly, incredibly wise woman. Her name is Krista Hardin. And Krista is actually the founder of Enneagram in Your Marriage. And the reason that I wanted Krista on the show today is because, first of all, we are both passionate about marriages and we are also both passionate about Enneagram. Now, Krista knows way more about the Enneagram than I do. She's been studying it for years and she uses it as a primary focus in her coaching. So if you are like the Ennea, what? 
I have never heard of the Enneagram before. Friend, just hold on to your seat. We are going to deep dive. You're going to walk away from this episode knowing everything that you need to know, right, about the Enneagram. Not really. I mean, people literally study this for years. But you're going to walk away at least wanting to take a test. And you can find all of that on Krista's website. So I just want to give her a huge, huge plug. Her platform is massive. She has her own podcast called Enneagram and Marriage. And I am just so honored and delighted that she is our guest today. I think you're going to really enjoy our conversation. We're going to talk a lot about ourselves. We're going to talk about our marriages. And we are going to talk about how you can find out more about how God hardwired you and maybe why you do the things that you do. Maybe your spouse is like, oh, this is why you do the things that you do, or you're going to start thinking that about your spouse or someone that you love. So without any further ado, my friends, let's jump in into my conversation with Krista Harden. Well, Krista, this is such a treat. I am literally like just squealing in delight to have you here. I was talking to Hannah, our podcast manager, when she told me that you were going to be on the show. And I was like, I just cannot even contain my excitement. I love the Enneagram. I love marriage. And so this is, I could talk to you all day. So just thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I am the one who is so thankful to be here with you, Dana. This is so exciting for me, and I am so grateful that you're bringing it to people and especially to relationships. Yes. Well, I want to just start off, Krista, for those listeners who are like, the Ennea, what? What are they talking about? (laughs) So can you give us just a, a bird's eye, broad view? What is the Enneagram? Who founded it? Why do we need it? Oh, it's such a good question because with most psychological tests, you find people that are psychologists in the last 50 or so years developing them. With the Enneagram, you get a lot farther back even into the ancients. And you find that even when you look at the seven deadly sins, you see elements of the Enneagram in it. And Ennea just means nine and types. So it's just a nine different type kind of personality test. So you're going to either score Um, any number actually one through nine as your type but then once you figure out what that type is you really do realize not only what device you struggle with but also what gift you bring so that's why people are starting to love it so much in these last few years it's actually surpassing myers-briggs on many tests truity.com is testing over 1 million people a month with it because it's just really helpful to be able to say, oh, these are my weaknesses, these are my strengths. And you don't need to remember four different characters, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Totally makes sense. And I'm very familiar with Myers-Briggs. That's kind of like the first personality test that I ever took. And I was introduced to the Enneagram, oh my goodness, probably three years ago. I happened to just be listening to a podcast and I heard them referencing Richard Rohr in his book that he wrote on the Enneagram. And I was just so intrigued by it because I am, I'm just a curious person anyway, but I'm always like on this path of self-discovery and learning more about who God made me to be, how I can be a better wife, a better friend, how I can show up better in the world. So when I was introduced to the Enneagram, it, it was like, and, and for those listeners who know what the Enneagram is, you know that like it's like how does it know so much about me like you know it knows me so well and I found that it was so on target like there were so many things that just light bulb moments that went on for me as I began to dive deeper into who I am as a as a person who God made me to be 
And so I'm excited, uh, Krista, for you to help those who maybe they've never taken an Enneagram um, test or they are, again, just unfamiliar with it. Can you, if possible, this might not be possible, but can you, in let's say two minutes or less, go over what the nine types are? Absolutely. Okay. I love this question. Just gives people, like you said, that quick look at what the types are. So you are looking at your type one who is majorly a perfectionist. And I'd rather use the word improver, somebody who's always looking and can always see that detail, maybe struggles with anger sometimes, but feels bad about it. You have your type two who is known as like a giver slash helper. Uh, and people love that and very warm teacher-ish personality, but sometimes can be a little bit prideful or thinking they're God's right hand um, versus like we're all beloved. And then we have type three who is our achiever and performer and just does things with such excellence, but might sometimes worry that their love for what they're performing and even not know themselves that well because of the mask they wear occasionally. Now we have type four that can be the creative and really deep, compassionate person who's an artist, but really also struggle with self-worth and ranking others and uh, feeling left out. Then you have type five, who's your introvert classic, who loves to be that Sherlock Holmes, who loves to figure things out and observe, but also struggles with feeling like they have the energy to give or trusting people with themselves. Type six is a great place for trust and security. Six really that personality type, they love their people, they're very loyal, but sometimes they can be so neurotic, so anxious because they're so full of fear when their virtue is actually courage. When they step into it, it's beautiful. Type sevens are full of joy and they're really, really happy all of the time, almost. However, it's because they feel like they have to carry the world by themselves sometimes. So on the underskirt of that, people get annoyed when they're like, you're too busy, you don't have enough time for me. And they're like, I'm surviving. So they can be a little bit flaky at times. Type eight is a personality that is powerful and strong and awesome at leadership, but because of their deep strength and power can come across sometimes as bossy, dominant, can be that way. Of course, like we said, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And then we have lastly the nine, who is very powerful also, but much more peaceful. That's their major gift is peace. They see all the perspectives, but sometimes they may even feel like my own opinion doesn't matter because I'm so concerned with everybody else. So they hang low or even become slothful. So I hope that's a helpful overview for everybody. Boom. You did that in like, perfect, perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it because, you know, sometimes people look at all the types and it's like, it's overwhelming, you know? And I just want to encourage people, if you, if for those who are listening, if you've never taken an Enneagram test, uh, first of all, why don't you tell us, Krista, where's the best place? Because I know there's, there's like official tests out there and then there's non-official tests. I've taken free versions and paid versions. And uh, so where would you direct people if they just want to find out what their type is or maybe not direct them even to a test? Would you, how would you direct someone that's brand new? Would you uh, recommend that they read the book or would they test first or how can someone get into finding out their type? I think that's a great question. And I think that everyone is different. So I'm going to give a couple different options. Some people love taking tests and it feels like they don't know themselves that well. So it's helpful to guide them to take a test. And if you're going to take one, 
I like truity.com's test because that's the one I mentioned that has over 1 million tests a month. They're very good. They've trained with the best and it comes out with a free pie chart at the end so that if you don't want to order their upgraded paid plan, you still get a pie chart to see which types you scored at the most, which is very helpful. Now you've got a few and you can start to actually, I would go to my website, Enneagram and Marriage at that point, And I have, how do we find our types on the menu? And you can look at some more of the cues for which types have which gifts and which types have which vices. And one of the types will probably hit you very strongly. And you can read more about it at my website or at Truity. But then once you're there, you'll know. And that's the helpful part is believing that a test can guide you or my questions can guide you, but just seeing the one that really hits you. And then a last uh, great tip for this is when it kind of hits you and you're like, somebody just read my mail. That's the one it is. <laughs> you're almost like right. slightly disappointed and slightly relieved at the same time that you're found out, right? Exactly. You're like, oh, shoot, who knows me like that? Yeah, well, that was exactly my experience. So first of all, I'll just let the cat out of the bag. I'm a three. And so I'm the achiever slash performer. And I used to think I was a one for years and years. You know, I, I thought because I do kind of have this bent toward like perfectionism and I can be very black, white. I could be very judgy, <laughs> unredeemed, like my shadow side, right? Like I can be that way. And so I used to always just think, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a one, I'm a one. But let me tell you when I took the, well, I think it was actually when I read the book, I wrote my first real book that I read on the Enneagram was The Road Back to You. And that was like that book, like they were sitting across from me talking about me. I was like, I know there are probably millions of other threes in the world, but literally this is me. Yeah. And then I took a couple of tests and it was like, nope, you're a three, you're a three, you're a three. And I was so relieved by that, Krista, just like you're saying, because it, it gives you a peek into your strengths and your weaknesses. I think sometimes, you know, we get bogged down with our weaknesses and we get bogged down with like all the things that we're not. But to find out that even those quirky parts of our personality, for example, threes, um, one of the things that isn't so great about threes is that we can wear masks. And that that used to cause me a lot of shame, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm wearing a mask. Am I really being true to who I am? But then when I looked at, like, the motivation behind that, it was a little bit freeing to me. Like, no, we don't want to go around wearing masks, but why are we doing this? Because we're trying to be efficient. You know, we're trying to make sure that every single area is covered. And so I have found the Enneagram to be an incredible tool of not only just me understanding myself, but understanding who God created me to be mm -hmm. and how I show up in the world is on purpose. It's just been so freeing for me. Mm, that's beautiful. I love yeah. how you were reminded to have some self-compassion because you were like, I get that I want to work on these vices and things that I don't do as well, but I understand that there's a part of me that has a strategy to this. So if I could find a better strategy, then we're in a better place. And I also like how you are reminded of God's help in our lives because sometimes we do hit that wall with our type and we're like, now I know my type. I read that wonderful book, by the way, wonderful book, Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile's Road Back to You. That's and right. now I, I still am stuck. So it's nice to be able to say in those moments, like, okay, this is where God's grace comes in, which is really mm -hmm. cool because I think we do get hit there sometimes between the eyes when we find our type. Absolutely. All right, Krista. So I want to know, can your Enneagram change? And what if you don't like your Enneagram? 
like there's some people who are like, but I don't want to be a six. I want to be a seven. <laughs> well, if you don't like your Enneagram, welcome to the world. We don't always like all of our stuff. And that is actually a sign that's probably your type. Um, but secondly, if you got your type wrong, then it can change because you might have actually, like you had, really thought something because somebody told you or you took a test and you just were in a mood that day. Like when I am hormonal, we have these four weeks as a woman. When I'm on that week, I will score a type four. Mm. And that is not my type. I'm a seven. And so it's the funniest thing. And it's a really good indicator of the shifting moods when we take tests. But when you see the core motivation, which for a four is very different from a seven, you'll know. So I would encourage people, and that's why I directed them to my website where it's like, how do we find our type? Go to my website and look around at what are the core fears. And once you see those, oh my goodness, it's like night and day between all the other types and your core fear, which I'm glad you were able to find your real type because ones and threes are both perfectionistic types. And I can see why you thought, you know what, I'm a one. And then later when you discovered you were a three, it was really helpful for your new action plan, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think this is where you specialize is how do Enneagrams show up in relationships? So with your podcast, the Enneagram Marriage Podcast, my husband is a nine. Um, and, you know, that was so helpful to know, like when I started looking at how do threes and nines relate? And we are both, um, are we both on the heart triad? Am I saying that correctly, Krista? Um, you're in the heart triad. I'm in the heart in triad. The triad. So he's, he's in the body okay. type. Um, okay. But you guys have a lot in common and there's a lot to each type, but the both the nine and the three are, if we were to look at the ancient math of the Enneagram, we would see that both of you are on that inner, kind of like the primary colors. You know how like blue, red, and yellow are the three primary colors? Well, that's how three, six, and nine are. They're the three primary personalities. So it's like the rest of us are sort of derivatives of similar to this, but not exactly this. So what's nice is when you guys get on your inner track together, you probably flow so beautifully and Absolutely. so effortlessly. Yes, it is literally like, you know, the the age old opposites attract like he is we flow so well together because we are opposites in so many ways, but we're very complimentary, um, which is really cool. And when I start thinking about couples, first of all, I want to know, Krista, do you recommend like I know there's all these dating sites. So even before people get married, obviously, like there's all these dating sites and now people are putting in their bio like what Enneagram type they yeah, are. So yeah. Yeah. So do you recommend that people look for a specific type? Is that something that people should be doing for those who are dating or maybe even in friendship? Like, oh, well, I'm because I've heard people be like, oh, yeah, I'm a three. I can't be friends with a seven or I can't be friends with a six. All right. You know, so should we get that granular, if you will? Like, should we get that intentional about the people that we are in relationship with? Hmm, that's such a good question. And I think that while there's gifts of every single type, I think it's absolutely okay to say that there are certain types that I seem to get along really well with. So in general, I'm looking for that kind of person, but often love finds us in the sense of opposites and the polarity is what brings us together. So we can kind of go in with our theories all we want, but sometimes love hits you in a very opposite way than you ever expected. So I would say be open to that. 
be aware that every single type has a different gifting together so that you know that I have written so many articles on type three with a type one, type three with a type two, type three. And I love the Taylor Swift song when she's talking about affairs and she said, you've shown me colors I can't see with anyone else. It's mm. true. But you know what? When you decide to just find your person, build with that person, you guys will have a brighter glow and a brighter shine than you ever could have dreamed of on your own. But if you keep spreading yourself out across this whole rainbow of people, you're going to find yourself in a very dull state and a very shadowy, it'll be very, very temporal and not deep and rich. So I think doing the work with whomever you're with, if you're married, if you're solid together, like in general, and you've decided to be committed, I think it's far more worth it than finding somebody who is your type. That's great. That's really great wisdom there. Um, I want to know, Krista, for those who, let's say you have one spouse or one partner in a relationship who they're all into the Enneagram. They're like, this is who yeah. I am. This is who you are. And then and then their spouse or their partner's like, I don't believe in any of that. Like, how can those two people mesh? Do you, like, nobody wants to be hurt. Like, nobody wants to be told all the time, well, you're only doing that because you're a four. Or that's your that's your shadow side coming out or whatever it is. Like so like how can how can couples relate or um, communicate if one spouse is pro Enneagram and the other spouse is either anti Enneagram or just doesn't believe in any of this at all? Oh wow, that's a great question. I would say hold it lightly and try to do your work and allow your spouse or partner to see your work as the evidence for them to take interest, if at all, because you don't have to name it in order to do your work. You can discover, oh, I noticed that I'm super busy and forward thinking with my type because they all do have a lot more traits than I was able to name. But honestly, when you find that out, if you bring that knowledge to your spouse and you're all of a sudden slowing down and taking time, they're gonna notice that. And they don't care if it's because you're a seven or if hopefully they're just thinking she's maturing or he's maturing. So I want to mature. I want to grow. And I had somebody do that the other day on one of my podcast interviews. They said, I saw my spouse doing their work and the husband had found the Enneagram. And then the wife was like, oh my gosh, like you're getting, you're getting healthy. I'm not going to wait here while you're getting healthy. So she got healthy too. And it was like really good momentum. So I would say do your work. But don't bring the Enneagram into conversations constantly. And I even have an article about it on my blog because that happens a lot. We can force it on each other. Mm -hmm. I think I for sure did that, especially when I was really just learning about it because it's just so intriguing yeah. and it yeah. makes so much sense to everything. Mm -hmm. So I was constantly telling my husband, like, well, yeah. the, the reason that you're processing that way is because you're a nine. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> He's like, actually, I'm just like irritated at you right now. That's all. And I was like, no, no, mm -mm. this is, uh, this is your unhealthy side. <laughs> this is your unhealthy side. That's not helping him, but we think it is. And trust me, I've done it too. Um, yeah. But it's such a help to be able to say, I can laugh at myself when I do that. And my husband will say, take a break sometimes from talking about the Enneagram. Cause you can just imagine how much I talk about it. My kids talk about it. Their friends talk about it. And then I stopped talking about it. He starts talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that was not me, dude. So, the Enneagram family. <laughs> yeah, he's all in it too. But we all need our breaks, you know. And like you said, don't meme somebody too much because it can just hurt when people miss you and they're like, oh, I know you. I met you. You're a six and you're full of fear. And they're like, literally, I'm a firefighter, you know. Right. And it's like you have to really sit with the depth of each type. And like you hinted at earlier, like, 
when you find out the type you are being like, oh, there's a reason why they're like that too, versus just judging. Oh my goodness. That's helped me so much. I had a, a difficult time with someone that I work with. Um, and once I realized that that person, I realized what their Enneagram type was, it absolutely helped me to to show up in that relationship with more compassion, more grace, more understanding, instead of being like, this person is trying to make my life difficult. I was like, oh, this person processes new people a certain kind of way. And that's how they're processing me. Now, I never went to them and said, I understand now, you know, but it was just, it was just like this internal understanding of, all right, Dana, like give more grace, understand that this person is showing up this way because of the way that they're hardwired. And now I have a great appreciation for that relationship and that, yeah, for that whole like tension part, you know, because I think it helped me to get to know myself when I wanted to be unhealthy, we can all slip into those unhealthy patterns. And, you know, this is kind of piggyback on off of what, what you said a little earlier, Krista, you were talking about how to be healthy, right? So, we all have the unhealthy side of us. Mm-hmm. How can someone who recognizes they're, they've taken the Enneagram test, they've gone on your website, they've seen the, the resources and they see, oh, I'm showing up in an unhealthy way a lot. How can someone work toward becoming a more healthy version of who they are? That's a great question. I think that when people start to identify the very first step is self-compassion so that you don't get too disparaged just to be able to say let me take some deep breaths and start owning this if you're in a relationship it's also a good time to say to your partner like you've been saying this to me for a while and and usually that's how it goes is we can see their stuff but we have this thing called the fundamental attribution error where we can't see our own and now all of a sudden the curtain is lifted and here we are standing in the dark yep i'm also messed up at times And just to be able to start there and say, it is true and I'm sorry, but I'm also holding myself with love knowing now I really feel the motivation for why I'm like this. So I think if you do a bit of self-exploring, it's a good step to just say, you know, what were some of the elements that led me to down this path and what are some of my gifts? Because you can't really just hold it all in that negative space, but holding the positive gifts while you look at the negative is very important. And then I would say, if you're really finding that it's a lot of the depths, because each type can go down to major mental health disorders at their lowest, then I would say definitely take a therapist or coach with you along for the ride so that you have some support. And I have a whole staff of people that do this outside of me. I trained them and they have their own practices that I'm not at all connected with, but they are on my website too, if you wanted any gram person. Um, But otherwise, just your local therapist you find on Psychology Today or your coach that you already see, just say, look, I found this new test. I'm grappling with some other things. I know it's true. And then you guys can develop a personalized treatment plan from there. I also have a lot of free worksheets to help you to begin, even one called the Enneagram and Marriage Workbook, which is over 40 pages to help you walk through it. That's great. And I'll absolutely link to all of that in the show notes of this podcast. Really good resources. And this is what we're all about. Like, I really want people to take these inventories and really to take these tests so that you can find out, like, how can you show up better in relationships? How can you be a better spouse, which is both of our desires, right? With you, with your podcast and with mine. Um, I want to know if someone, you've given us great resources. So we'll, we'll like, like I said, we'll link to your website. We'll make sure that we link to the Truity test that people can take. 
let's say for the intermediate, so someone they're like, yep, I know what the Enneagram is. I know what my type is. What is kind of next level? What's what's the next step that people can take to continue to learn about who they are in their relationships as well as an Enneagram? Well, I like the instincts. It's part of the Enneagram that is less discussed, but amongst people who are studying the Enneagram a lot, uh, instead of nine personality types, there's only three. And it's not the person, it's not a new personality type. It's a subset of yours. So for instance, the three are a self-preserving instinct, a social instinct or the sexual slash one-to-one instinct. And so how you pair that with your type is you could say, I'm a sexual six, or I am a self-preserving six or a social six. And that really adds a layer of nuance. And it basically just means exactly as it sounds. There are even more nuances, but it's like you saying, I'm learning that I self-preserve a lot in order to survive, or I'm learning that I'm really looking to social groups to inform me about who I am, maybe to my detriment, or I'm so involved in the one-to-one that I'm forgetting and I'm doing like a spiritual bypass because I'm so dependent on uh, this codependent relationship I have. So once you know your type, I really think that instincts may play into marriage even more than the type. And I just heard somebody, actually the co-author of the book you mentioned, The Road Back to You, she was in a conference this Tuesday night and she said the same thing. She goes, I think instincts matter more to marriage than even the Enneagram. So I was really happy because um, I have discovered this in my work with all my couples. And then to hear it validated, sorry, my light, um, to hear it validated by somebody like that was so helpful because I'm like, yeah, the instincts, like if you can imagine in marriage, you're struggling. One spouse wants to take this out and say, let's hang out with more people. The other one says, why are you going out all the time? Or why do you want so much sex? And so it really, those three instincts would be a great place to start. Even if you didn't use the word Enneagram, does that make sense? Absolutely. And I did listen to your podcast episode on the three instincts of the three. Because I, yeah, I'm, yes, like, because I'm constantly growing and I'm, I'm constantly wanting to know how to incorporate this in my own life. And so, no, it's great. And th- those podcasts that you have on your show are short. They're like 10, 12 minutes, I think, yes, right? Those Wednesday yeah. podcasts. I'm going through the series on the subtypes slash instincts right now. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Krista, like I said, I could talk about this all day. I get so excited about it. It, I love, I love a good test though. Like, so I was always that kid in school, like, yes, it's test day. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I appreciate it. I'm fascinated with how much the Enneagram has helped people, how much it has helped relationships. One quick question uh, before I let you go. Do you ever recommend that like two types stay away from each other? Like I know I kind of asked you a similar question earlier, like should you be looking for a specific type? But are there two types that just clash and that are probably never going to really be in good company with one another? No. Yep. I oh, can good. All circa, you know, all certainty, absolutely not. There are examples I have had of every single pairing that have made it. And there's a few that might flash in your mind as being a little bit more turbulent. And I'll tell you, those would be like, for people who are super nuanced, it could be like the outer rims of like the heart types or the body types or the thinking types, like a five and a seven are both uh, the thinking types, but the seven is super extroverted and the five is super introverted. So you might have some friction, but trust me when I say I've had a lot of those couples even on my show, like, oh my gosh, we're the most romantic couple you ever saw. <laughs> and then the one eight is like that because they're both anger slash like justice types thinking their way is right. 
And so for them to be together, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of energy and a right. lot of anger. But they're like, oh my gosh, no one's ever given me permission to have anger before. So you see, there's always something good and something hard. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Krista, this has been such a treat. I really appreciate your time today. And uh, we'll be sure to link to your website and all the resources that you have shared with us. I'm so excited for people to dig more into those. So thank you so much for being our guest today. Oh, thank you, Dana. And I hope to have you on our show sometime too. Oh, I would absolutely love that. Yes. Yes. Whenever, whenever. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, friends, I told you that that was going to be such an amazing episode. From the moment that Krista and I started talking, I knew that we had a heart connection. And those are the best conversations to have. Well, listen, Krista is not only passionate about the Enneagram, but she's super knowledgeable. How many of you know that you can be passionate about something but not knowledgeable? But Krista is absolutely both. So, Krista, thank you so, so much for all that you gave us today. How many of you right now want to know your type? You're like, okay, 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 I got to figure out what my Enneagram is. I would recommend that you, A, go ahead and do the personality test, but then also ask your spouse or your partner to do one too. Friends, I am telling you, it is going to change how you do relationships. It is going to change your outlook. It's going to change how you see your spouse or your partner. It's going to help you understand maybe why you've been having some of the challenges that you've been having or maybe why they act a certain kind of way or why you act a certain kind of way. And the thing that I love about the Enneagram too is that it shows you the the pros in every single number. So there's not one number that's better than the other or one number that's stronger than the other. This is literally how God made you. And so I don't know, I just, I could go on and on and on and on. This is such a, such a great episode. I'm going to go back and listen to it again. Yes, I am. Well, listen, friends, I want you to make sure that you follow Krista on social media. Go check out her website. You can learn so much more on her website at EnneagramInYourMarriage.com. I'm going to have that linked uh, to my podcast here in the show notes. So you can find her social media channels. You can find her website and all the resources that she talks about by simply going to RealRelationshipTalk.com forward slash episode 120. It's all there right for you. So thanks so much for listening today, friends. And remember, a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.